Tonight, blinding snow, wicked winds, and a deep freeze. Canadians caught in a brutal blast of winter. Millions at the mercy of a punishing storm. Bad roads, bad, uh, bad everything, yeah. The cold reality right before Christmas. I've never seen a storm like this before. Failure to launch. I'm in the phone queue for the airline for two and a half hours. Soaring stress at the height of the holiday travel rush. It's horrible. I, I want to go home for Christmas. I want to see my mom. Plus, the mission for mittens. They should have the right to be warm. Old coats, new purpose. A hands-on push to deliver comfort in the cold. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Reporting tonight, Morella Fernandez. Good evening. Winter came out swinging across the country, launching an all-out assault on Canadians coast to coast to coast and just in time for Christmas. People were told to stay at home if they could, with that storm unleashing a miserable mix of extreme cold, punishing winds and flash freezes. The icy road swept away drivers in Vancouver. Across Quebec, more than a quarter million customers lost power. And in southern Ontario, whiteout conditions blindsided motorists. CTV's Annie Berger Oliver starts us off tonight with how Canadians are coping. Weather warnings are in effect across Canada as severe whiteout conditions make driving extremely dangerous. You can't see that much. Getting worse. Snowy. It's very snowy with a few squalls. On Highway 401 near London, Ontario, heavy blowing snow and poor visibility caused a major pileup involving about 100 vehicles that closed part of the highway. Nearby, another 400 series highway shut down after a 50 car crash. We've had too many calls that are coming in. Drivers are out there that shouldn't be out there. Please, if you don't need to be out on the roads, stay home. The monster storm has already brought high winds, rain, and lots of snow. Now the messy mix is freezing as temperatures drop and more flurries fall. It's impossible tomorrow. It'll be frozen by then. So definitely have to do it today. I'm going to hunker it at home, watch some Top Gun, Maverick, Tom Cruise, little eye candy, and enjoy Christmas. It's a Christmas that won't be so jolly for hundreds of thousands of Quebecers without power. The widespread outages are being restored, but more households are likely to go out too. It's very challenging because the weather continues to be bad and the area affected is very big. Ottawa's Sean Lallenby has been living without heat or electricity since this morning. It's terrible to have no power again. It brings back memories of the Derrico in May. Uh, we're really disappointed to have power, no hot water, nothing like that. My wife actually asked me to make a fire outside for her tea. The storm has already caused some power outages in Nova Scotia, but with high winds moving in, the worst is expected overnight. So we brought crews in, uh, contractor crews, as well as all of our internal crews. Um, they've all postponed their holiday plans uh, so they can be ready. Now BC is dealing with an ice storm that could last 36 hours and cause localized flooding. The recipe for disaster on the roads has forced at least two bridges to close as well as many local ferries. The roads are terrible. My reservation got cancelled so I'm trying to get another ferry to the island to be with my daughter for Christmas. 
Environment Canada is warning that very cold wind chill values and blowing snow will persist into the weekend. As for the cleanup here, Ottawa crews say that will happen, Morella, until at least tomorrow afternoon. All right, Annie, appreciate that. For more on the storm, CTV Atlantic Chief Meteorologist Kaylin Mitchell joined us in Halifax. Kaylin, the storm's moving east, but how quickly and what can Maritimers expect in the next 24 hours? Yeah, thank you, Morella. So for here in the Maritimes, it's basically a rain and a windstorm with one of our biggest concerns, power outages. So the wind situation for us will improve as we move into Saturday. Other weather impacts, though, from the storm system are going to linger into Saturday, especially through parts of Quebec as well as Ontario. Very heavy snow with this storm system coming in across areas from the St. Lawrence River Valley in Quebec and then westward towards parts of northern Ontario and then down into southern Ontario. It's blizzard conditions. It's intense snow walls coming in off of Lake Huron and those are going to continue to add additional snowfall amounts to parts of southern Ontario. Many locations there moving up to northern Ontario and western Quebec likely to finish with some snowfall totals around or in excess of 30 centimeters. Poor visibility will also continue as those gusty winds continue into Saturday's forecast before there's some improvement into and through Sunday. Okay, so BC has been walloped for a second time in a week. Yeah. Will they be in the clear this weekend? No, they're not in the clear either. They have sort of a train of low pressure systems and weather fronts coming in. The improvement to Vancouver and some parts of the south coast will come with the temperatures tonight. They are expected to rise, so that snowy, icy mix that they've been seeing will be turning over to some rain. They'll have to be aware that there will be the risk of some minor flooding. There's a second weather system coming in as we move through this weekend, arriving into Sunday, and that'll be another round of rain into the south coast of B.C. and more snow up in the mountains. The complicating factor out west has been that deep Arctic cold, those extreme cold warnings, those Arctic outflow warnings. There is some sign that that very cold air is going to be moderating a little bit as we move into and through the first part of next week. Morella. Thanks, Kaylin. CTV Atlantic Chief Meteorologist in Halifax tonight. The same winter blast that has hit us is also wreaking havoc stateside. More than 200 million Americans are under winter weather advisories. Snow, ice, freezing rain, causing thousands of accidents. At least two people died in this massive 50-car pileup in Ohio. In western New York, they got about 30 centimeters of snow. Holy cow, I can't even describe it. While in New York City, heavy rain and storm surge turned streets into rivers. People trapped in their cars had to be rescued. In Missouri, this police dash cam video shows a transformer exploding. This is in real time. And talk about freaky. This woman turned on her tap in Oklahoma and watched the water freeze right in front of her. Power outages are impacting at least 23 states tonight with more than one and a half million customers in the dark. Of course, the weather woes across the U.S. and here at home are adding to delays for travelers. And the timeline's getting tight, with Christmas now just around the corner. CTV's Adrian Gobriel tonight on the agony at the airports for the winter weary. At Toronto's Pearson International, the departures board is lit up like a Christmas tree, with red and orange highlighting the holiday blues for air travelers. I want to go home for Christmas. I want to see my mom. It's, I don't want to be here for Christmas it's at the airport. It's a reality thousands across the country are facing. From Montreal's Trudeau Airport to Ottawa International and beyond, many are trying to stay calm, but carrying on has been nearly impossible. 
I'm in the phone queue for the airline for two and a half hours, so not so good right now. The biggest disruptor of the day was WestJet, 300 canceled flights across the country. While Air Canada has plowed forward, operations have been anything but smooth. We're on our way to Miami and we're ready to go on a cruise, and they just canceled our flight 10 minutes ago for Air Canada. As of this evening, at least 40% of all departures have been canceled, and 41% of arrivals never made it. In Vancouver, 323 flights have been canceled today alone. The Christmas plans are destroyed, disappeared. The situation is reaching a freezing point at Pearson Airport, with the passenger stuck on the tarmac tweeting, brakes are so frozen, de-icing spray isn't working. They're trying an unspecified heat source and rocking the plane back and forth. When the temperatures do drop this drastically, when the snow just continues to blow on the runways, it is going to impact things. South of the border, high winds forced a plane to reject a landing attempt at Reagan International. Flight cancellations across multiple states are having a domino effect here in Canada. And now they're saying till 26th there is no flight, so there's no point of flying. While holiday plans are on ice for thousands, some fortunate flyers are still getting off the ground. We're going to make it. Yeah, we're making it. Some optimism inside of Canada's largest airport tonight. Officials are forecasting a much better travel day tomorrow as long as the weather holds up. Morella. All right, just some good news, Adrian. A man recently released from custody, now accused of opening fire at a Kurdish cultural center in Paris. Three people are dead, as many are injured. The suspect has a long criminal history and has been accused of racial attacks in the past. CTV's chief international correspondent, Paul Workman, on that attack and the aftermath. A deadly attack on a Kurdish cultural center and the outrage that followed quickly turned into a running street battle with French police. For Kurdish protesters, anger and fear are deeply embedded in memory of a similar attack a decade ago in the same area, and they blame the French state for failing to protect them. Everyone is angry. It's not news, she says. A feminist colleague was assassinated today, someone who fought for Kurdish and women's rights. French officials say a 69-year-old retired train conductor opened fire at the cultural center, then turned his weapon on a hair salon and a restaurant before being wounded by police and taken into custody. Last year, he was jailed for attacking migrants in a tent camp, but was released. A racist motive is obviously something we're investigating, said the prosecutor of Paris. The French interior minister ordered extra police protection for Kurdish communities across the country. Obviously, he wanted to attack foreigners, said the minister. But we don't know if he was targeting Kurdish people specifically. French media said the shooter had two earlier convictions for attempted manslaughter and illegal weapons possession and was released about two weeks ago. In a tweet tonight, the French president said the Kurds of France had been targeted with what he described as a vile attack in the center of Paris, Morella. Paul Workman in London tonight. Thank you. The attacks on the Ukrainian people carry on tonight. Their leader now back in Kyiv with a message of defiance. 
Volodymyr Zelensky's return from Washington comes with a promise of more help from the Americans to counter Russia's relentless assault in the East and South. And today, the U.S. Congress approved that $45 billion price tag for the aid. A serial killer nicknamed the Serpent has been released from a prison in Nepal. Charles Sobrach was serving time for murdering a Canadian woman in 1975. The 78-year-old is a French national. He was released on compassionate grounds. He served 19 years for two murders, but he's suspected of killing more than 20 Western backpackers across Asia in the 70s and 80s. He was known to use disguises to evade authorities. Time for a two-minute break, but when we come back... It was beyond imagination. The final report on Donald Trump's role in the January 6th riots. Plus... Fans are going nuts and he scores! A goal to surpass a hockey great. The January 6th committee has released its final 845-page report. It concludes that one man was responsible for the series of events that fatal day when a violent mob attacked the U.S. Capitol. That man is Donald Trump. CTV's Richard Madden has details. The committee investigating the deadly attack makes it clear former President Donald Trump is to blame. Writing in its final 800-page report, the central cause of January 6th was one man, who many others followed. None of the events of January 6th would have happened without him. Nobody before, much less a president, had ever come so close to overthrowing a presidential election and bypassing the Constitution. The report says the evidence shows Trump and his inner circle engaged in at least 200 apparent acts of public or private outreach, pressure or condemnation in their attempts to cling to power after losing the 2020 election. Beyond referring criminal charges to the Department of Justice against Trump, the report includes several recommendations to ensure history doesn't repeat itself. From increasing penalties for threats against election workers to strengthening laws against insurrection that would ban Trump from ever holding office again. No man who would behave that way at that moment in time can ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. He is unfit for any office. The committee also released new transcripts, including from former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. She claims Stefan Passantino, her former lawyer with ties to Trump, encouraged her to mislead investigators, saying, quote, the less the committee thinks you know, the better. We are concerned that these efforts may have been a strategy to prevent the committee from finding the truth. Now, Trump calls the report written by Democrats and Republicans partisan and a witch hunt. And while it may not hold any legal weight, it's since been shared with a new special counsel tasked with a monumental decision whether to prosecute the former president. Richard Madden, CTV News, Washington. A major milestone in hockey history in Washington tonight as NHL superstar Alex Ovechkin climbed into second place on the all-time goals list. Ovechkin for 802. He waits, sets it up. They try to get it back to him with Kuznetsov. Fans are going nuts and he scores! The Capitals' captain scored goal number 802 of his career, and that moves him past the legendary Gordie Howe into the runner-up spot. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, holds the all-time record of 894 goals. 
It was Ovechkin's second goal of the game and a win against the Winnipeg Jets. Straight ahead, a verdict for a Canadian rapper. A California jury finds Tory Lanez guilty of shooting hip-hop star Megan Thee Stallion. Canadian rapper Tory Lanez has been found guilty of shooting hip-hop star Megan Thee Stallion. His real name is Daystar Peterson, and with a conviction of three felony gun charges, he could be handed a 22-year prison sentence. Megan was shot in both feet two years ago after an argument with Lane. A call for freedom was at the heart of global uprisings when thousands of women took to the streets to assert their power this year. Whether it was standing up to oppressive regimes in Iran and Afghanistan or closer to home, with American women rallying for abortion rights, women are the focus tonight at number nine of our top news stories of the year. CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malbin with how 2022 became the year of women's resistance. This year, women around the world said, enough. They stood up in America for access to safe and legal abortions. We are not going back. After the Supreme Court struck down what was considered the law of the land for 50 years. In Iran, they took to the streets, demanding their freedoms back in a bold and dangerous uprising. Facing fists, and even worse, at the hands of a brutal religious regime. Women cutting their hair in defiance, burning their headscarves, sparking a global outcry. Well, this protest is not just about hijab. It's about freedom. It's about democracy. However, the women, young women, are spearheading that. And heard loudly across Canada. We have to show support for people back home. They're fighting for their freedom. In Afghanistan, the resistance can mean beatings and death. Chanting, work, work, freedom. Women are standing up to the most oppressive regime on the planet, the Taliban, stripped of their rights to education and jobs, even shut out of amusement parks. The Taliban want women to be invisible, despite initial promises to protect women's rights. Years of progress are being rolled back. And yet, united in their struggle, women have refused to give up, even as Iran's crackdown grows more brutal. For months, they've raged against the regime, triggered by the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini, arrested by the feared morality police who enforce a strict dress code. She died in custody. The conservative estimate of the death toll so far stands at over 300, including at least 40 children. This is unacceptable. We are now in a full-fledged human rights crisis. The faces of the fallen seen here in Washington. Young men and women, a brave new generation, says Shireen Nariman, who survived two years in an Iranian prison herself. They say it, they shout. They said, this is not just a protest. This is the, the a revolution itself. And say women everywhere, a necessary revolution. Online hate, especially targeting women, is on the rise. Sexual assaults in Canada are way up. In America, the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was targeted. Not to mention, threats against prominent female lawmakers have escalated. 
And in a year where one in three American women lost access to abortion in their state, outrage. What it means that now legally the status of women in America is breeder and incubator. And I was furious and I was determined to get up and get in these streets and call people into these streets to fight. And they did. Anger drove many Americans to the voting booth. In all five states where reproductive rights were on the ballot in the midterm elections, victory. The government should not be telling a woman what to do with her body. Battles for rights and freedoms that women have fought for long ago and are still fighting. Joy Malvin, CTV News, Washington. After the break. This is a project um, that is near and dear to my heart because it was born of, I guess, a visual urgency. A labor of love to warm up people in need. It is only the beginning of what could be a long winter in Canada. With that in mind, a woman in Winnipeg has taken on the task of making mittens for the many who could use a pair. CTV's Manitoba Bureau Chief Jill Makashan shares that story. It's another busy afternoon around the crafts table where volunteers have gathered again to cut and sew. We need to make sure that we go in the direction of the fur. The space is donated, so is the time and material. Old leather jackets and fur coats repurposed to create mittens. We have the fox on the outside, we have the deer skin that is the painted, and then inside is beaver. Beautiful, also functional. Sheila Cailleux is a leather artisan. This is a project um, that is near and dear to my heart because it was born of, I guess, a visual urgency. Images from the streets. Winnipeg's homeless population is growing, and as this cold snap pushes temperatures into the minus 20s, many are desperately searching for help. A lot of people give food, they'll give money, and I'll ask the people on the medians what they, what they need, and they talk about how cold their hands are. So she put out the call for volunteers, teaching them how to piece together mittens. Now, 82 pairs have been created to be distributed by Winnipeg's Bear Clan, a frontline organization. I decided that Bear Clan was the best way to get these out on the streets, to the people that needed them. But there's still so much to do. 200 pairs of mittens is the target, so this group will continue cutting and sewing to warm more hands and hearts. Jill Makashan, CTV News, Winnipeg. That's a wrap on the day. For Omar Safjadina and all of us here at CTV National News, thanks for sharing your time with us. Todd Vander Hayden will be here tomorrow. Have a great holiday weekend.